You're listening to the Broadway Podcast Network. Hi, and welcome to The Compass, the podcast documenting the struggles of life as an artist. I'm Leah Walsh. So I have a mini episode for you today. It's a little late, but here it is. I'm going to read an article called On Playwriting by Marcia Norman, which was originally published in The Dramatist. If that sounds of interest to you, great. Continue listening. If not, check back next week for a new full episode of the podcast. So one of the reasons I'm putting this episode out a little late is that, um, like I mentioned last week, I was performing on Wednesday in a storytelling event called The Wear Project. It's put on by the Group Lab Theater Collective. And I was out of town last weekend for a wedding. I don't usually like to procrastinate on anything, but I had found myself procrastinating on writing the two pieces I was going to perform in this show, probably because of the questions I was asked to address and how somehow like deeply scared I was of answering them. I was really excited to be involved because I've loved watching this this um, series in the past as an audience member, but being faced with writing my own words about my own life, um, addressing the two questions of where are you from in the first act and where are you going in the second act, I just I I had written journaled some things, written some things, and then didn't touch it for a week, went out of town, and I ended up finishing it basically like the last two days before the show. Because the question of where are you going is daunting as an artist and as an artist who's not particularly um, happy with the current state of your career or who would like to be doing more. It's, it's scary questions. And all of the storytellers ended up actually saying kind of a version of, I don't know, as part of their answer, because it's a, it's a hard question to answer as an artist. But it turned out great. And I was so scared, and I knew deep down that that was the reason I needed to do it, was because it was making me nervous. So I'm happy I did, and I was really proud of how it turned out afterwards, and happy and proud of myself that I was honest and exposed exposed myself in a vulnerable way, talking about my childhood and my family, and also where I'm going and my worries about that, but also the piece I ended up writing was a lot about how I don't know where I'm going, but I know that my husband Frankie and I are going together, and that gives me a lot of peace. And I was able to weave some uh, multimedia stuff into telling that second story, which made me really happy with it. So it all turned out great, (laughs) and I was afraid, but I, I ended up surprising myself by the stories I told. And a lot of what this, uh, article that Marcia Norman wrote, um, touches on is very similar to that, even though she's talking uh, about like kind of the technical points of choosing a subject for playwriting. She mentions her play getting out in the article. And I actually did that play at Juilliard my third year. And I remember she came in and spoke to us while we were in rehearsal because she's at the head of the playwriting program there. Um, So I think she has a lot of wonderful things to say in this essay, and I hope you enjoy it. Yeah. I did. I asked somebody to record. I brought my recorder. I asked somebody to record my pieces in audio form because I thought, well, I knew I wasn't interviewing anyone this week. So I was like, well, maybe I can play my pieces as the Compass episode this week. But I think it really was something you had to be there live to hear the audio, you know, with the audience responding isn't the best. I just wanted it to kind of live on its own 
the way it did that night. So the group lab might put up a video on YouTube at some point, but I decided not to use the audio I had taken of the show. All right, this is my last minute mini episode of The Compass. I hope you enjoy it. Have a great weekend. This is an article by playwright Marcia Norman. It's called On Playwriting, and it was originally published in The Dramatist. What are we doing when we write for the stage? Are we entertaining ourselves, entertaining others, having our say, trying to make a living, trying to make a point, furthering the art form, joining the dialogue, trying to save the ship, trying to sink the ship, getting even, getting ahead, keeping our careers alive, completing a commission? What? We've all written for all of these reasons from time to time. We've all needed what only the theater has to give. And we've all offered our hearts up to the gods in the hopes of getting a place at the playwright's table. And we have all been hurt. We've all heard, no, you can't sit here, you're not ready. Yes, you can sit here, but we're not going to feed you. Are you crazy? People like you can't sit here. Okay, you can sit here, but just till the new you comes in. No, you write for TV, you can't sit here. Yes, you can sit here, but just till your next show opens. If you are reading this magazine, you know that it hurts to write for the theater. But you also know that hurt is not just what artists go through. Hurt is the human condition. Fortunately, hurt is not the only human condition. Humans also feel hope and love and fear and confusion and power and glory. They experience frustration and defeat and triumph. They long for the wrong person. They make bargains with the devil. They take things that don't belong to them. They have fatal flaws and outrageous fortune. They make the same mistake again and again, and sometimes they learn things. Especially in musicals, people learn things. What we need to do as playwrights, librettists, and composers is not try for a seat at the table. We just need to say what it has felt like to be a lone, living human in our time. The playwrights who convey the human condition, who chart the desperate path of one human toward one goal, those are the playwrights we treasure. The plays that tell the stories we need to hear, because we are traveling the same road. Those are the plays that survive. We all want to write these plays that don't go back in the drawer, that have a life of their own. Like Dr. Frankenstein, we all want to create the monster that gets up off the table and walks out into the night looking for love. But how do we do that? If we were going up a big mountain, a trusted guide would tell us what to wear, what to take in our pack, and when to stop and rest. Listening to this good guide could improve our chances of getting to the summit and back, save us time, and even save our lives, maybe. So what are the ropes of the playwright's life, the signposts, the signals, the ways to get on the right path and stay there? This whole issue is a collection of them from some of the finest guides we have, people who have spent their lives watching people go up the big mountain. But I want to talk a little about subject, because in my experience, choosing the wrong subject is the mistake you don't recover from. It's the beginner's mistake that anybody can make any time. So what is a good subject for a play? Arthur Miller said the only subject was, how does a man make of the world a home? But what does that mean? When I was first starting to write, John Jory asked me what I wanted to write about. I said I didn't know. I just knew I belonged in the theater. And then he gave me this advice. Go back to a time when you were really scared and write about that. 
Being afraid makes you remember details, and details convince people a story is real. And chances are, if you were scared by this, other people will be scared of it too, and it will make them pay attention. The play I wrote after that advice was Getting Out, based on a violent girl I met when I worked in a state mental hospital. It launched my career and is still the most performed of all my plays. All my students have heard this advice. David Lindsay Abair has credited this advice for giving him the subject for Rabbit Hole. I heard Toni Morrison say the same thing once. She said, dread is what keeps people turning the pages. Clearly, fear of something is a great subject. At this point, we could go through all the great plays and musicals and reduce them to what all the characters were afraid of. That might feel trivial, but Hamlet is afraid of what will happen if he doesn't discover who killed his father. Nora is afraid of what will happen to her if she keeps living in Torvald's house. Lear is afraid his girls won't love him. Oedipus is afraid more people will die if the curse is not lifted. Masha is afraid of not getting to Moscow. Juliet is afraid she won't get Romeo. Curly is afraid Judd will take his girl. Maria is afraid to leave the convent, etc., etc., But a better use of our time is thinking about fear and how we are pulled to the edge of our seats when we have some form of it on the stage. One thing I know for absolute certain, it isn't enough just to have the fear by itself. I was recently on board a whale-watching expedition north of Iceland. I was so afraid of drowning that I wore a huge blue moon suit, an orange raincoat, a life preserver, two sets of gloves, and three hats. I never stood up, not once, because the sea was so rough, I held onto my seat and kept my eyes shut the whole trip. What I was hoping for the whole time was some relief from this fear, but it never came. Only when the boat docked was I free to leave, and I got out of there as fast as I could. If this had been a play, I would have been furious at the playwright for trapping me and torturing me like this. The point here is that your character needs some action she can take to overcome her fear and save herself. We come to the theater to see what people do when they get in trouble, almost any kind of trouble. We want to see this because we may find ourselves in that same trouble someday. For all of our time on Earth, we have gathered around our tribal fires at night to listen to stories. But they are not the stories of what made our people happy. They are the stories of how our people survived their difficulties— Maybe this is why we know so little about being happy, because we see so few stories about how people do it. But we have survived as a species because we have told stories about how people have solved their problems, conquered their fears, and got where they were going. Or not. So now, this is your guide speaking. If you know a story about a brave human in big trouble, write that. Write how the trouble started, what the person did, and how it turned out. Little troubles, for example, troubles that will solve themselves just by the person growing up, you don't need to waste your time on those. Write about greed, revenge, rage, betrayal, guilt, adultery, and murder. When writing about softer troubles such as injustice, loss, humiliation, incapacity, aging, sadness, and being misunderstood, just be sure to attach them to one of the more active troubles. Attach betrayal to loss and you have a play. Attach adultery to aging and you have a play. And let fear drive the whole thing. An aging woman is afraid her husband is having an affair, so she plots to kill him. Just kidding, but you see what I mean. We know we would watch that story as stupid as it is in sentence form. Then you just add your great dialogue and your fabulous scenes and you're done. (laughs) Seriously, what we are doing when we write for the stage is telling stories people need to hear. 
We do it for the same reason we put up stop signs, because it is important for some reason for people to stop at that place and look around. Our place at the playwright's table is determined by how many people remember the stories we tell, and people remember the stories they feel they will need someday, just like life. Urgency is the key to a good story. Fear is the force that keeps it moving. The good news is that humans are so hungry for stories that our brains invent them even when we are asleep. So they need us. It is a great privilege to be a storyteller. And if it hurts, it hurts. We can take it. podcast. I'm Leah Walsh. More episodes are coming soon. Please look for us on Facebook and iTunes. I'd like to thank the following people for their generosity. The Compass cover art is by Kim Miller. Music by Brendan Spieth. Audio assistance from Nick Choksi. And a special thanks to Frankie J. Alvarez. See you next time. Hey, it's Leslie Odom Jr. here on the Broadway Podcast Network to tell you about the RISE Theatre Directory, a program of maestro music. RISE is a national online resource designed to connect and empower backstage and administrative and creative theatre professionals from underrepresented backgrounds. If you work or aspire to work in the theater community, this can help you find your next project. And if you hire theater professionals, search the Rise Theater directory to find your next team. Create your profile now and get more information by visiting risetheater.org. That's theater with an R-E-R-I-S-E-T-H-E-A-T-R-E dot org because only together we rise.